the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's according to John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called A Church for Real Life as we go deeper into a message called Learning to Walk. Pastor Sean says everyone goes through a wilderness season because that's where it gets real. When you depend more on God for your needs than when you're living in prosperity. Your character gets stronger as your need for your father is stronger. When Jesus was in the wilderness, he was tempted in the areas of provision, security, and ambition. If one of those are a temptation you're dealing with, well then grab a Bible. Keep it right here. It's time for Radio for Real Life. So last week we introduced some root principles. Remember we introduced the tree and, and we saw the three kind of stratas of that tree? You know, the, the leaves and the big canopy, that's where all the fruit is born. We love that part of the tree, right? That's the beautiful part. That's the money spot. That's what we want, right? The big trunk that's all the strength, and that's what you, you work for years to get your trees looking like that. But we don't think a lot about the roots, but the whole point is it all comes from the roots. Without healthy roots, there's no big, strong trunk. Without healthy roots, there's no big, beautiful canopy. There's no big, luscious fruit. None of it. It's all about the roots, but we tend to kind of forget all about that. And that's exactly what it's like in us as believers. That's exactly what it's like in us as a Christian fellowship. The secret to a church for real life is not in the big canopy. It's not in all the external stuff that we go, oh, that's cool. Look what's going on. God must be working. It's in the roots that nobody sees. Sometimes people don't care about. And we ignore or we rush past the roots to our own peril. So these root principles are the secret to what God has done and what God is doing in River City Community Church. And by that, I don't just mean the organization, I mean the people in us. And it's a secret to experiencing the fullness of what God wants to do in you. Now, I will be very honest, at first these principles seemed restrictive. They really did. Almost like our hands were tied certain times. When, when other people were able to do things a certain way, we, God was saying, no, no, I want you to do things differently. It felt like a restriction. And to the extent that it kept us from operating in the flesh, it was a restriction. But boy, we found them to be an unbelievable blessing as they developed in us the character that could sustain the mission that God wanted us to have one day. Now, last week we dealt with the first three of those principles. We dealt with the principle of abiding. Remember, our call is not to do, but to be. Our first thing is to be men and women of God. It's a relational call. We looked at that John 15 passage on abiding. The principle of prayer. If our call is to be men and women of God, then our most important assignment is communication with him, which we call prayer. And then the principle of faith. How he wants to trust us practically, tangibly, with steps of obedience in every area of our lives. And how he has blessed us through that. I want to look at three more. There's six total, so we'll, the last three we'll look at this morning. The first of those is the principle of the kingdom. Take notes, write that down. The principle of the kingdom. Let me read it to you the way we kind of wrote it down back then. Build his kingdom. Our work is to build his kingdom, not our ministry. Let me say that again. Our work is to build his kingdom, not our ministry. 
which is kind of a drag because we love to build our ministry, don't we? But that's not our primary thing. Our work is to build his kingdom, not our ministry. We are called to minister without regard to whether or not a particular activity brings people or income to our ministry. We are not to be concerned with who gets the credit for a work or whose name is on a project. Only if it builds his kingdom and brings glory to his name. I just want to be very transparent for you. This is a challenge. Because, man, when you work hard, you build something, you want your name on it. You want your name on it. And I'm no exception. Other leaders here, we're not exceptions. But the Lord is saying, that's when you begin to get into problems and you have got to rein that in and understand what I've called you to do and what will yield real life, what will yield amazing fruit is if you will focus on building my kingdom, not your ministry. And here's how that works. At first, that was easy. First, it was easy because, it, you know, we had this call, we had this assignment, and so we go and we're reaching people, and it's awesome. Seeing God's kingdom, because that's what the kingdom is. It's, it's, his kingdom is bringing people alive. It's his kingdom in people, his kingdom being manifest in Christ's love poured out in and through people. Okay, so that's the kingdom. And so it's awesome. But then as you start to get some people and there starts to be a little more stuff to take care of, you get some staff. You hire some staff to help take care of them. That's an awesome thing. Nothing wrong with that. But then you start worrying about, okay, because the staff like to get paid and stuff. You know, they don't eat manna, okay? They're, it's like, you know, they, they need a paycheck. Some of you may not have known that. Uh, that's a good thing for you to know now. Yes, the staff do need to get paid. So we start worrying about that, and we start, you know, kind of seeing, oh, hey, we got to have enough money to pay the staff. And then we start watching the bottom line. How are we doing financially? Okay, we're doing all right. We're doing better. Okay, good. Oh, we need to hire another staff member. We start thinking about finances. And as long as you do that in the spirit of proper stewardship, nothing wrong with that. But it's something that you begin to think about. You also start to realize, well, we want to reach people, and look, there's some more people, and that's a good thing. You begin to celebrate. This month, we had 10% more people than we had last month. Wow, what a great answer to prayer. And so you start, you kind of have these two little scorecards for your ministry that start to appear. And you think a lot about those scorecards. You know, we preachers, we love alliteration, right? And so we talk about nickels and noses, you know, how are the nickels and the noses doing? You know, that one's kind of lame. I tend to prefer butts and bucks, but, but that's a little crude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw that out. I wouldn't mention that. This is a kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm letting back the curtain, the dark underbelly of ministry. But, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, you start to focus on building your ministry, and then you're just humanity that likes to build something. I think there's something even good in us that likes to build something. But that can become an idol, and this discipline was designed to protect us. Because it doesn't matter that we're pastors, we're ministers, we're leaders, we're elders. We're still people, and we still have flesh. And 1 Corinthians 3, 3 through 7, gives me some, a great deal of comfort. Okay, maybe it's a petty, petty comfort. I'm just glad to know I'm not alone. Okay, Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. He says, for you are still of the flesh. For while there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not, only, are, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, look what they do. One says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? They're wanting to build these camps and build their own ministries around Paul and around Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters anything, but only God who 
gives growth. See, it's a matter of focus, and it's the question is, will I surrender my ambition? Matter of focus, will I surrender my ambition and be about building the kingdom? Now, some of you are going, man, that's good stuff, preacher. I hope you're paying attention to that. That's a good word for you, preacher. You think I'm going to let it sit there? No. Here's the deal. I think God wants every single one of us to think like that every single day. What if we recognize we have the ability to build his kingdom in a very unusual way? I mean, in, in whatever we do, think about your job, think about your company, think about your, your clients, and what if we said, Lord, I'm going to serve you today, and I want to sow seeds, and I want to invest, I'm go- I want to build your kingdom through whatever you've given my hands to do. So if I'm a salesman, I can do that. If I'm a contractor, if I'm a banker, I'm a lawyer, whatever it is God's called you to do, I'm going to focus on building your kingdom. I want to say to you, that is a powerful thing that will protect you from the ambition and the pride that can come from building your own thing, whether it's your career, your company, whatever it is. Because while we preachers are not exempt from those temptations, we certainly are not alone in those temptations either. And I just want to say God has something better. Those temptations, those are destructive. When you become, that's how workaholism is built. That's how you become obsessed with things. That's how you start, start devaluing people. All kinds of things come when we're all about this obsession to build my thing. <coughs> and God says, Focus on building my kingdom. And here, here's what's cool. And I'll tell you the promise he made to us. If you will focus on building my kingdom, I'll build your ministry. You build my kingdom, let me build your ministry. And he said, I'll do better than you could do anyway. It's like, well, you're God, okay? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> See, real life is a journey of discipline, but it's a journey of great fruit. Second principle that I want to deal with this morning is the principle of people. Principle people. Now, what's the most important command? Scripture, okay? Most important command. <clears throat> most important commandment, Jesus says, love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, with everything you've got. That is the ultimate. It is the aligning commandment and principle because it keeps everything in your heart set straight. When you put him first, everything else falls into place because he now begins to shape and guide and lead your heart, which is where everything flows from. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Learning to Walk, which, by the way, is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org, where you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. 
Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Learning to Walk. This is radio for real life. But what's the second principle? Love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly right. And and remember what Jesus said? This is Mark 12. He he said, 1231, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There There is no commandment greater than these. So this is a lofty deal. This idea, love God with everything you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Said the whole law and the prophets is summed up in that. Here's what God said to us, how he wanted us to apply this idea. Develop his people. Love people, value people, develop people. As the Lord draws people to River City, we are instructed to equip and prepare them for the work he has for them, not to use them to meet our needs. You're like, well, you're a church, you would never use people. Let me just say, we are a nonprofit and we are a volunteer-driven organization. Most of what you see around here happens because of some awesome volunteers who are committed to this vision and this mission, and they serve and they work and they care. The lifeblood of what we do, the biggest gift God gives, is people who serve. If you don't think it is a temptation, or if you don't think it is a, a hazard that we can get a mindset of using people because we can't afford to hire staff to do everything, so it's sometimes, you know how it's been said, well, here's the test for qualification. See if you can fog this mirror. If you can fog the mirror, you're qualified. Get in there. That is a temptation, and that's a sign of using people. It really is. We're instructed to equip and prepare them for the work that he has for them, not use them to meet our needs. Ours is not to see what we need and look for a person to fit our requirements, but rather to take who he brings, recognize and facilitate what he's doing in them. And then here's the promise. He will meet our true personal needs far better than we are able to. See, 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen says, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. See, we're not just an organization, we're a body. And this is so significant because this, this has two sides to it. It deals with how we see people. Because it's real easy in this or in anything else, stop and think about it, to see people as something to be used. You know, when you, when you have such need with, for volunteers, it's easy if you let your heart get out of line to start looking past people to what they can do for you. And that's death. That is not real life. That is not life-giving. That is death. How we see people. See, every single person, how do we see them? Do we see them as a person who Jesus loves, he died for, and he has an amazing plan for them? Or do we see them as someone that we can use? For we pastors, here's how it has to manifest. We look at We're pastors, right? we got to remember, these are God's sheep, not ours. And when he entrusts his sheep into the fellowship, that's a big deal. And and let me just tell you, the larger we've gotten, so so what what we've done is we've really, throughout our history, always, and, and God has just been able to do this for us. And the larger we get, the tougher it gets. Because when you begin to, to hire people for specific ministries, leading large ministries, they have to have a specific set of skills and experience. But God has continued to bring those people to us rather than us having to just go out and kind of do the traditional, get a search, a professional search agency, and do those things. 
Because what he wanted to say is, I have placed gifts and, and, and talents and callings in the people I've brought to you, develop them, and I'll meet your personal needs better than you could. That's a significant principle. It's also a significant step of faith. And I'm not saying it's been perfect, but it's been pretty cool to watch what God has done. And this also goes way against how, not just us, how we all have been raised to handle people. Because you may not ever say it this way, but you and I live in a world that has taught us how to use people. I mean, really, think about it. Think about all the things we do where we're kind of, oh, that's a, good, that's a good connection. I could use them. That's a natural thing. We go to networking lunches, and I am not preaching against networking lunches. Do not say, Pastor Sean hates networkers. He hates networking. I do not. I think they're great. I go to a few. But it's real easy to get in the mindset, how can I use these relationships? How can I use these people to advance my... How can I use these to expand my business? How can I use? How can I use? How can I use? I want to challenge us. This is not just for the church. This is for all of us, the church, to stop and start saying, wait a minute, this person who's right in front of me, um, this isn't someone to be used. This is someone Jesus loves passionately. He died for them. So how can I help them become everything he's created them to be? It's a totally different approach. And let me tell you, that is a life-giving principle. That yields real life. And it works in a church. It works in a business. It works in a, a classroom at school. If you become someone who starts to look at people and say, wait a minute, they're someone who Jesus loves and is, they're extremely important to him. They're precious to him. How can I help facilitate what he's doing in them. Not how can I use them. Let me tell you, what the Lord promised us and what we have seen to be true when we have applied this principle is that he meets our personal needs better than we ever could. We're surprised by what he brings and by the resource that he brings. It's very powerful. But it's also totally a counterculture from what we've been trained naturally as Americans and how to kind of business first and use relationships to build your kind of own kingdom. See, this is a matter of relationship. Will I truly begin to see people for the relational gift they are? And will I surrender my agenda? Will I surrender my agenda? It's a protection against using people. You can see how real life is really a journey of discipline. But let me tell you, it's worth it because it yields this amazing canopy and amazing fruit as God brings to fruition the seeds that are sown. Last thing, the principle of denying the flesh. The principle of denying the flesh. And remember what we said about the flesh. The flesh is that part of us that says me first, the carnal nature, and is with us till we die. We will wrestle with this flesh until we die. Galatians 5, 16, 17 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. These are at war. Paul said it a little differently in Romans 8. 5-8, through eight, he said, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it doesn't submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are flesh cannot please God. And so here's what he asked us to do about it. Here's how we wrote it down. Deny the flesh. Flesh and spirit both reside in each of us, and they are at war. And understand that word, war, because that's what the Scripture's saying. 
They're opposed to each other. That's what Paul wrote in Galatians. And they are at war. What is good for one is bad for the other. That's really the nature of a war. We cannot indulge and feed the flesh and hope to experience the power of the Spirit. The Lord has asked us to turn our back on all worldly attachments, including goals, dreams, ambitions, and sources of security, in order to follow Him by His Spirit. This is a matter of discipline. The question is, will I surrender myself? Now, this is so practical. This is your whole life's direction. This is what you're going to follow. And this is, this is the core nature of real life. This is what it is. Am I going to follow the Spirit? Am I going to trust Him and follow the Spirit? Because Spirit and flesh are at war. What is good for one is bad for the other, and vice versa. If I feed the flesh, my Spirit takes a hit. If I feed the Spirit, my flesh takes a hit. And the Spirit is what gives life. It's that simple. And that's really what it is. And, and I've told you before, this is not, some people are like, well, I'm not operating in the flesh. I mean, I'm not stealing from the company. I'm not having an affair. You know, we go right to the biggies. I'm not too bad. I'm not doing some of the biggies, right? You realize very few people are living righteous, following Jesus, and kind of doing the, the thing. And then all of a sudden one day say, I think I'll have an affair and destroy my marriage and my family today. It doesn't really work that way, Right? You realize by the time you get to that point, there are little compromises you've made, little gates you've gone through that had warning, flashing lights, and you went ahead and blew by those. And you've compromised quite a few times. You know, same thing with, you know, stealing money from the company. Okay, you didn't start out stealing money from the company, be an honest person, living with integrity, and one day go, you know what, company's got too much money, I'll steal some. It doesn't work that way. No, there were little decisions that were made. Little points you went through, gates with what flashing warning signs that you blew by. Before you know it, you've hardened your heart, and now you're in a place where you will do something that you never imagined you would do. See, the battle, and what, we're, what, what, what this principle was, and what the Lord talked to us about, the battle's the everyday little things of, of you've got flesh and spirit. Which one are you going to feed? Because the one you feed is going to win. Who are you going to feed? The flesh? Or are you going to feed the spirit? Are you going to feed the flesh that says, me first? All you have to do to feed the flesh is just always do what you want to do all the time. Me first, me first, me first. To feed the spirit, you listen for his voice, and then you do what he says. And I've talked to you about the little crossroads we come to. And, you know, I don't even know how many we come to each day. It could be 10, it could be 100. Little crossroads that we come to. Those little points of decision where I can follow the Spirit or I can follow the flesh. It can be a conversation with someone at work and, and an altercation that begins to happen. And I can either operate in the flesh, get my peace of my mind, set them straight, or I can operate in the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, goodness, kindness, faith, temperance. How am I going to respond? Am I going to respond flesh or Spirit? Because that's going to determine the fruit I get. I'll get either fruit of the flesh or fruit of the Spirit. And that's how it works. You know, told you before, you're in an altercation with your spouse. And those are good ones. Because, man, I'll tell you, when I get into it with Lori, uh, both spirit and flesh are screaming loudly to me. Usually spirit's kind of quiet. I, I think by an act of the grace of God, when I'm arguing with my wife, the spirit raises it up a little bit. Like, dude, you don't want to do that. And, you know, I can even justify it. You know, I, I can, she needs me to set her straight right now. I need to put this woman in her place. And the spirit's like, dude, you're out of your mind don't. <laughs> no, the spirit to me sounds like a Southern California surfer. That's really unusual. 
He's, I think he's able to do a lot of different impressions. So, No, but, I, but I, there's that, because you know instantly. You're like, I want to get, and it's, it's total flesh. I can even justify it. No, I need to tell the truth. I need to speak the truth. I need to, but let me tell you, speak the truth in love. If I'm doing it in love and it's for her, then I know I'm okay. If I'm doing it because I want to win and I want to set her straight, that's the sign. I am in the flesh. I don't care if I'm even right. I'm wrong in my rightness. How horrible is that? It's because in my heart, I'm wanting to shut her down. I'm wanting to win. I'm wanting my way. I'm wanting the flesh to come up. I want to silence or whatever it is. And if I'll listen to the voice of the Spirit, Spirit says, listen to her. Spirit says, kindness. Spirit says, gentleness. Show her love. Yes, speak the truth, but do it in love for her benefit, not for you. Spirit, spirit, spirit. Flesh is just going me, me, I, I, my rights, I'm entitled, she shouldn't, blah, 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 blah. That's the flesh. And man, it can come in encounters with your kids, you can come to crossroads. Am I going to respond to the flesh or am I going to respond to the spirit? And let me just tell you, this is how the spirit-filled life is built and carried on. And folks, real life is amazing. But there's a reason so many of us live outside of the promises. We read the promises in Scripture and go, man, I want that. I want that abundant life. I want that real life. Well, it's because we're not willing to walk in the root principles and let the roots develop. I want to challenge you. This isn't just for us as an organization, but it is for us as a church. This is for us as people, as the church. God wants to do something amazing. He wants to bless you. He wants to bear incredible fruit in your life. The question is, will we let him? Or will we insist on getting whatever we can get by doing our thing? Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Learning to Walk or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on a church for real life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5, Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.